Welcome back once again to the Counter Vortex with your ranter, Bill Weinberg, ranting at you in the wee hours of April 29th, 2023. As always, from my apartment on Manhattan's Lower East Side. So, uh, is Russia behind the crisis in Sudan? Actually, it does appear to be in large part. As always, this is not to deny local context or to portray forces on the ground as mere proxies of the great powers, but with that caveat stated, it does seem that Russia has been actively intervening on the side of the most reactionary forces in Sudan, and possibly in a decisive way. And this is again on the new model of Russian imperialism in Africa, based on paramilitarism and building parallel semi-legal or outright illegal economic and political structures. Hear me out. Okay, first let's go over the basics, in case you had not been paying close attention. Clashes broke out April 15th between the Sudan Armed Forces, SAF, and the paramilitary Rapid Support Forces, RSF. The fighting began in the capital, Khartoum, as the RSF attempted to seize control of the presidential palace and international airport, clearly an attempted coup d'etat. The RSF was driven back from these critical points with airstrikes, but fighting quickly spread to other cities as the two forces attacked each other's installations and positions. Tensions had been building over plans to incorporate the RSF into the SAF as a condition of Sudan's pending democratic transition, which was to have taken place in April, the fruit of a long and courageous campaign by a popular civil pro-democracy movement, and which has now been derailed by the crisis. Numerous ceasefires have broken down. The country suddenly faces an urgent and dire humanitarian crisis, and aid groups are warning of an imminent risk of civil war, if we aren't already at that point. There are two main figures here. One is the SAF commander, Lieutenant General Abdel Fattah el-Burhan, who had led the junta that took power in the October 2021 coup d'etat, so a bad guy, but also the comparative moderate here, because he had at least finally acquiesced to the demands of the pro-democracy movement, and agreed to a transition to civilian rule. The other figure is RSF Commander Lieutenant General Mohamed Dagalo, popularly known by his nom de guerre, Kemeti, who apparently has tried to stage a second coup to derail the democratic transition, which he 
succeeded in doing, derailing the democratic transition, but if he intended to also seize power for himself and his paramilitary force, well, he has not succeeded in doing that. The RSF is itself a reconstituted version of the irregular militia network known as the Janjaweed, which was responsible for the Darfur genocide beginning around 20 years ago. The Janjaweed were reorganized as the RSF under a greater degree of state control as a condition of the 2011 peace accord between Khartoum and some of the rebel factions in Darfur. Former Janjaweed leader Ali Kushayb currently faces war crimes charges before the International Criminal Court. I should also note that the former dictator Omar al-Bashir faces genocide charges at the ICC, although the regime has refused to turn him over to The Hague, but has been holding him in prison, and it seemed that he might have escaped when the prison where he was being held was raided by the RSF earlier this week, although now the SAF says he's being held in a secure location. So uh, Darfur, as we may imagine, is the central stronghold of the RSF and has seen particularly heavy fighting, including renewed attacks on civilians. Since the new fighting erupted, up to 20,000 have fled across the border from Darfur region into neighboring Chad. According to the UN Refugee Agency, The majority of the new arrivals in Chad are women and children, who are currently sheltering out in the open. Eastern Chad already hosts over 400,000 refugees from Sudan, and the new arrivals are placing additional strain on the country's overstretched public services and resources, like basic calories and potable water. And who do you think has been actively collaborating with the RSF? Yeah, that's right. The Kremlin's notorious mercenary force, the Wagner Group, which is apparently engaged in illegal gold mining operations in Darfur and Kordofan regions of Sudan, in collaboration with the RSF. Operations at a mine owned by RSF warlord Hemeti in the Nuba Mountains of South Kordofan State have sparked protests by locals over land grabbing and pollution. The arrangement seems to point to a Kremlin-backed design to make the RSF economically independent of the Sudanese state in preparation for an eventual seizure of power. The Wagner Group appears to have entered Sudan some years ago at the invitation of long-ruling dictator Omar al-Bashir, who was forced from power by a popular uprising in 2019. I quote from an Al Jazeera account from last week. Fearing that his rule was shaky, 
al-Bashir traveled to Russia in 2017 to meet with President Vladimir Putin and pitch Sudan to him as Russia's gateway to Africa, quote-unquote, in return for Russian support. A short time later, Mero Gold, a new mining company owned by the Russian company M Invest, began bringing Russian experts into Sudan, Africa's third largest producer of gold. In 2020, the United States Department of the Treasury sanctioned M Invest and Mero Gold, saying that its investigations had revealed that M Invest was a cover for the Wagner Group. The Wagner Group was, quote, primarily aimed at guarding mineral resources, particularly gold mining resources, and acting as a support force for the Bashir government in terms of protecting it from internal opposition. End quote. Samuel Ramadi, author of the book Russia in Africa, told Al Jazeera. And I'm going to see if I can get an interview with Samuel Ramadi. I've already written to Oxford University Press for a review copy of his book, the full title of which is Russia in Africa, Resurgent Great Power or Bellicose Pretender. Hmm. I'm not entirely sure there's really a distinction there, but it sounds like a necessary read. So, it appears that the RSF remained Wagner's closest collaborator on the ground after Bashir's ouster. Yet the mercenary outfits Sudan operations, unlike those elsewhere in Africa, were not cited by Washington when Wagner was placed under new sanctions by the U.S. Treasury Department and officially declared a transnational criminal organization earlier this year. In an analysis for the Africa Report, Sudanese democracy advocate Amgad Farid El-Tayeb suggested that this omission was intended to buy the RSF's acquiescence in the pending transition to civilian rule, despite the paramilitary forces' repeated acts of repression against pro-democracy protesters. However, now that the RSF has unambiguously fallen out with the Sudan armed forces, the lines are more clearly drawn. In a commentary for The Hill website, Dr. Ariel Cohen of Elite Beltway Think Tanks, the Atlantic Council and Council on Foreign Relations, wrote that Russia's Fingerprints, quote-unquote, are on the attempted coup, and he portrays it as a part of a pattern across the African continent. In several countries now, as Cohen correctly notes, Wagner has stepped in as French forces have pulled out, often following a regime change that has benefited Moscow, as in Burkina Faso in October 2022 and Mali in August 2020. Cohen writes, quote, Russia's influence in Africa remains purely disruptive and predatory. The Kremlin will use Wagner as a cudgel 
to secure natural resources across Africa and pushed the U.S. out just as they evicted France. To keep up, Washington should expand diplomatic engagement, intelligence operations, and sanctioning of all entities linked to Wagner in Africa. The U.S. should launch, with its allies, a robust program of military training and arms sales to boost pro-Western governments in the areas where China, Russia, and ISIS are on the prowl. End quote. Okay, I should make a few things clear here. First is um, the ISIS and al-Qaeda presence in Burkina Faso and Mali and Niger and elsewhere in West Africa has been the justification both for the French military presence and the Russian paramilitary presence, as well as a smaller U.S. military presence. So um, all of the great powers claim to oppose them, of course. Uh, China has a lot of investments in Sudan, particularly in the oil sector, but its military presence has been largely confined to participation in the UN peacekeeping mission for the country. And uh, finally, Ariel Cohen is, of course, also viewing Africa as a chessboard in the great power game and seems to entertain illusions that U.S. adventures in Africa are somehow benign. But that doesn't mean that his view of Russia's designs on the continent are not essentially accurate. And there are indications that Chad could be the next domino in Russia's African power game. Did you happen to catch this? The Washington Post reported April 24th that among the classified documents leaked to the Discord chat platform by Massachusetts Air National Guard member Jack Teixeira are February findings from an unnamed U.S. intelligence agency that the Wagner Group is seeking to recruit rebels to destabilize the government of Chad. One document states that Wagner is working to establish a training camp for hundreds of fighters across the border in the Central African Republic as part of an evolving plot to topple the Chadian government, quote, unquote. The documents detail a discussion in February between Wagner leader Yevgeny Prigozhin and his associates about the timeline and logistics for training an initial group of rebels at Avakaba, Central African Republic, close to the Chadian border. Chad's intelligence agency told the U.S. that two Chadian nationals traveled that month to Bangui, capital of the Central African Republic, at Wagner's invitation to help recruit rebels in a plot to destabilize the Chadian regime, quote-unquote, according to the documents. The two Chadian nationals, who are apparently named in the documents, although not in the Washington Post account, stayed at the Ledger Plaza Bangui Hotel, where they were reportedly received by the defense minister, 
of the Central African Republic. The documents say the efforts to foment a rebellion in Chad are part of a broader push by Prigozhin to create a unified confederation of African states in Moscow's orbit, quote-unquote, across the breadth of the continent, including Burkina Faso, Mali, Eritrea, and Sudan. One document states, quote, During the last year, Prigozhin has accelerated Wagner operations in Africa, shifting his approach from taking advantage of security vacuums to intentionally facilitating instability, end quote. In addition to the Central African Republic, Wagner has a presence in Libya and in Sudan, all countries that border Chad. And while Russia's involvement has expanded in Africa, as French forces have withdrawn from several countries, Chad is one of the few remaining states in Francophone Africa that still maintains good relations with Paris. But tensions are running high in Chad, punctuated by a police massacre of pro-democracy protesters who took to the streets of the capital, Jamena, on October 20th of last year to oppose a government plan to extend its hold on power for another two years. In February, the Wall Street Journal reported that the U.S. shared intelligence with Chadian authorities indicating that Wagner was potentially planning to assassinate ruling General Muhammad Idris Debi. Contacted for comment by the Washington Post, Prigozhin replied with obscenities and said the reports about his involvement with a planned rebellion in Chad were nonsense, quote, unquote. I should also point out a very important June 21st, 2022, on-the-scene report by the UK Guardian, quote, Russian mercenaries accused of deadly attacks on mines on Sudan, Central African Republic border. Dozens of people said to have been killed in attacks allegedly involving Wagner Group fighters, unquote. Uh, the Guardian reporters did legwork on the ground in some very dangerous places to reveal that the Wagner Group is involved in outlaw gold mining operations on both sides of the border, and also apparently involved in massacres of independent small-scale gold prospectors or those from rival networks, apparently seeking to establish complete control over this sector. Very grim, but very enlightening reading. And did you happen to notice this? Back in November 2020, Moscow finalized plans to establish its first Red Sea naval base and its first military base on the African continent in Sudan. The base, which won approval from the Sudanese regime, is to house more than 300 military and civilian personnel and host up to four warships, including nuclear-powered vessels. The facility near Port Sudan is to be Russia's second naval base outside of the former Soviet Union, after TARDIS in Syria. 
Now, the Sudanese regime in power at that time, November 2020, was a transition government made up of both the SAF generals and elements of the pro-democracy movement in an uneasy coalition, which ended in the October 2021 coup when the military wing of the coalition booted their civilian partners and consolidated complete control. And we may assume that it was the military wing of the coalition that reached this arrangement with Russia. And then, with the transition to a fully civilian government that was to have taken place this month, April, Moscow feared that this arrangement could be in jeopardy and decided to throw clandestine support behind another coup, this time by the RSF, the faction most closely in the Russian camp. In any case, one thing is abundantly clear. A century and a half later, the scramble for Africa is back on in no uncertain terms. Last time around, the contending powers were the United Kingdom, France, Germany, and Italy. This time, it's the United States, France, Russia, and China. This has been Bill Weinberg with the Counter Vortex. Check us out online at countervortex.org, where everything I've been ranting about tonight is blogged up, hyperlinked, and documented. Please support us on Patreon. We do need your support to keep going. We are tantalizingly one supporter short of our modest goal of $100 per weekly podcast. So please sign up and put us over the top for just a dollar a week at patreon.com slash countervortex. Yes, you. Join the countervortex, join the resistance, and rant on you next time.